Are socialism and Christianity compatible? There are many Christians who think that socialism embodies Christian values. Uh, the current Pope seems to be very sympathetic to socialism. He actually accepted a cross uh, that had Jesus on the cross, but is also a uh, sickle at the bottom. You can see pictures of it. I think he got it from Evo Morales, the socialist leader from Bolivia. And uh, so there are people who think that, you know, Christianity is sympathetic to socialism, that, that Christians should be socialist. You have this creed of liberation theology, which teaches that God wants us to uh, liberate the poor by starting a socialistic revolution to redistribute wealth. Okay. I think it's an error and it goes against a lot of um, messages in people encyclicals. And also there's an argument um, presented in a article by Father Robert, sorry, Father Michael Orsi, who is a priest um, living today who wrote an article against the socialistic interpretation of Christianity. Okay, so uh, where does it come from, um, this idea that socialism is rooted in the gospel? Well, socialism presents itself as um, more compassionate because it uses the government to redistribute wealth and to uh, take from the rich and give to the poor, to equalize the playing field, and it's less selfish and brutal than capitalism. We have people just trying to make money for themselves. Whoever can succeed gets rich, and people who are weak just simply um, fail. So socialism has this strong safety net, and people who can um, have a basic uh, source of income, even though they may not be uh, very productive. So it seems to be you know, more geared towards caring for the weak and, um, uh, and therefore more consistent with Christianity, which teaches us to care for the uh, sick, care for the poor, and also teaches us that the rich uh, cannot get into the kingdom of heaven, that it's very hard for the rich to get into the kingdom of heaven. Right? And that we shouldn't be seeking earthly riches, nor should we be greedy. So should we become socialists? If we accept the gospel, does that mean that we should also accept socialism? Well, the answer is, is no. And socialism is a very uh, destructive and also seductive uh, philosophy. It has not worked. It leads to tyranny. It leads to a lack of individual liberties where you have societies that are closed. People cannot um, prosper or have their own private property or jobs. They're constantly robbed by the government. The government usurps and consolidates wealth. So these people at the elite levels live in complete splendor, whereas the masses live in poverty. Uh, there's no social mobility. And they are godless. They're a society that is it's, it's managed from the top by a certain elite class that acts as though it is God. It controls information. It controls the value system of the country. 
they don't want God to come in so, so they can create a sort of firewall between the government and the citizens, the subjects. Because if God is there, then people will think, I'm going to listen to God first and reject or at least look skeptically at the government. Okay? So communism is basically a cover for people who want to pretend to be these um, social justice warriors, but actually they are using poor people to create disturbance and eventually assume power in order to collectivize wealth. And they steal it from ordinary people and become um, totalitarian masters of a society. Okay, and it, it uh, becomes extremely demoralizing to live in a society where you can't freely communicate information. You will be put in prison for a different political view uh, where your ability to uh, develop your talents and to be productive and to earn money and be rewarded for your labor is severely constricted. Okay? So, one key episode in the Gospels that socialists cling to uh, as evidence that somehow Jesus endorses socialism is this miracle of the loaves and fishes, where Jesus has just five loaves and two fishes, and the apostles are saying, how are we going to feed these people? There's this huge mass of people that are hungry, and Jesus performs a miracle by which he distributes these five loaves and two fishes, and everyone is fed. Everyone is satisfied in spite of the um, small amount of, of food. And so socialists will say, look, Jesus was compassionate. Jesus wanted to distribute wealth. Jesus wants to um, feed the poor um, by uh, taxing people and accumulating wealth, centralizing it in the government. We're going to plan things out so that the poor can be um, redeemed from their destitution and they can be um, enjoy equality. We're just going to equal things out. We're going to take away wealth from the rich. They're too rich. Um, they got their wealth through exploitation. Uh, and we're just going to level things out, just like you heard with these um, Black Lives Matter protesters telling white people to give up their homes okay, uh, to, to blacks. Um, this idea of reparations. This is a socialistic idea. All right, so just level things out. And they weave in the notion of race, which they found can be very powerful, uh, has a very powerful emotional pull. Okay? So, uh, to refer to a, uh, an important encyclical against um, the philosophy of modernism. So, Pius X wrote an, uh, an encyclical against uh, so-called modernism, okay, which is this... Uh, view that has several dimensions, and of course, uh, to take Jesus as the founder of a political ideology, okay, is a kind of modernism. So traditionally, we see Jesus as a savior from sin, who is ultimately trying to get us into heaven, to obtain for us forgiveness of sins. So that we can stand before God, and um, even though we have sinned, we can still participate in eternal life. So it's a very um, otherworldly orientation, even though we're supposed to help 
you know, improve things on earth, ultimately our destiny is, is, is heaven. All right, so the modernist is going to try to eliminate some of these more uh, supernatural components. Jesus becomes a mere human being uh, with a political message meant to improve things on earth. All right, so the horizons are narrowed. We move out of the supernatural dimension of heaven and hell, and we enter the, the, the earthly sphere of justice and injustice on a political level. Okay, the modernists are agnostics who think that we can only know uh, what appears to us. We can't have any knowledge of what lies beyond, of uh, heaven and the hell, which are beyond what appears to us, beyond what we can observe. They think that we cannot have knowledge of, of God because we can't see God, we can't hear God. He's not some, he doesn't participate in the phenomenon, uh, the phenomena of the world, okay? The modernists are agnostics. They're going to say that we don't really know whether God exists or whether Jesus was a human being, was a, was a divine person. Um, we don't really know whether there's a heaven or a hell. Pope Pius X rejects this, saying that actually we can know that God exists through reason alone. Um, it is possible to have knowledge of things that go beyond the senses. All right. The modernists are going to um, have this imminent view of religion. Religion is not something that's been revealed by God. Uh, it's something that's born of our subconscious needs. So we have these subconscious needs to have a, a perfect authority figure, um, to be dependent upon some kind of higher being. That's a subconscious need, not this um, real contact with a supreme being where there's real revelation and real mystical experiences. In fact, it's actually imminent. It's within you coming from your own subconscious. All right, so it's going to naturalize and to sort of trivialize religion. Pius X says that religion um, is above philosophy. Philosophy has to serve religion, to unpack the truths of religion, to defend them, to help us to understand them, not to stand above it, not to be above religion as this arbiter of what is true and, and, and good. Okay, so what happens with socialism being tied to the gospel is that philosophy is above religion. It's not receiving the truths of God. It's um, actually standing above it, judging it, and reducing it to this political program. All right, so um, rather than you know paying attention to these comments of Jesus about hell, he was very supernaturally oriented. Uh, you know, we're trying to get to heaven. I'm going to to rise again. All right. Uh, if, if you continue to remain in sin, you will go to hell. All right. He wanted to help the poor and to help the sick. He healed them and he fed them, but that's not the um, final objective. Um, but if you're a philosopher and you're a socialist, you could just use the gospel to, to achieve your uh, political objective. All right. And that's very wrong. It's very wrong to, to uh, put yourself above God and to treat your own goals as um, 
above those of God and to use acts of God to support your agenda. Uh, so it's like the head becomes the tail. This is another comment of a pope. Um, if philosophy takes over and they have preconceived ends and they use uh, the text of scripture in a selective manner to support these ends, then we have uh, a huge perversion of the proper relationship of philosophy and theology. Okay, so the socialists say that the government should provide for everyone's needs, just like Jesus. All right, so this is the argument. Look at the uh, feeding of the of the, the the masses with these loaves and fishes. Because Jesus did that, the government should also do that and provide for everyone's needs. Okay, so what happens is that. Um, the government assumes tremendous power, uh, you know, for the government to achieve this equality, it must it must assume tremendous power, um, and um, people who get into this, these socialist governments, maybe some of them are are well intentioned, but inevitably, the prospect of controlling the wealth of a whole country is going to attract the worst sort of people, and. Rather than providing for people's needs, it's going to become a way for them to get rich. And um, people will end up just being able to subsist. All right. So, you know, just having your needs taken care of is not really the life we want. We want a life of flourishing, of adventure. We want to use our, use our talents. Okay. So, um, we want a life of freedom. Um, if we just have a, you know, people just receiving a small stipend just to live, they're not able to um, have their own enterprise and to uh, make an impact on the world, uh, then their life lacks meaning. Okay, so, so how does Father uh, Orsus, Orsi um, make his case? Well, there's a leap of logic um, in this argument so if government distributes wealth, that's being taken by force. So people in the system may be totally self-centered. Um, they're just having their, their money taken out uh, of, their, of their paycheck. They have no compassion or um, at least not necessarily. Uh, they, they, they don't have any uh, voluntary endorsement of this ethic of caring for the poor. Uh, so it's not really charity. So when Jesus feeds the hungry, he is doing it voluntarily. He's not being forced. Okay? He's doing it very consciously. Right? Because he cares about these people. Whereas in a socialist system, uh, it's not like there's this uh, network of empathy. It's just that the government is taking money and people are having their wealth forcibly taken away their property forcibly confiscated, okay? And the government seizes it, and they inevitably take some of it to enrich themselves. So that's what you see in the American government. Uh, we have these people who constantly push these governmental programs, claiming that we need them, all right? And uh, you wonder if, you know, they actually um, 
are doing it for themselves. So it's it's human nature to, um, you know, be selfish. And so who cares about the people of the country? I'm going to get what I uh, can get to benefit myself. So uh, if you're in government, it would behoove you to um, offer all these supposedly free programs which are taxpayer-funded because that would draw in more money, give you more uh, access to the wealth of the nation. And um, you might have the ability to redirect some of those funds to your own uh, agenda. So you see these people go into government to become extremely rich. How do they get so rich beyond just the salary they get for being a representative? Well, obviously there's some selfish motives in play and um, the uh, facade of it is that we're using these programs, whether it's social security or um, free healthcare, free college, we're using it to just help people, but really it's giving us tremendous power and um, it's creating this elite class of people who don't really do anything. They don't really produce anything. Okay, so they're, they're, they're parasitic. The politician doesn't really produce a good. Government doesn't, um, for the most part, doesn't, um, I mean, these, these, these politicians don't really, they, they don't really uh, produce a marketable good. They're just redirecting money and the more money they can redirect the more opportunity they have to uh, make money themselves so um, maybe not directly taking the money that comes in but the more control they have the more attractive they become to other entities so like a corporation um, they see someone with this kind of power they might give some of their money uh, to help this politician so that they get protection. It becomes like a kind of like a mafia where um, the politician can create laws that are favorable to you with their power um, and they have more power the more socialistic the government is. Um, and so there could be this symbiotic relationship between people who have money and they decide to give some of it to the politician so that the politician will use their power to um, further the agenda and the, and the profits of the corporation. Okay? So charity is a voluntary act and socialism is by force. Okay? Um, if you don't pay those taxes, if you don't allow the government to confiscate your property... Uh, you'll be shot, you'll be put in prison. Uh, so, again, the socialist government has to um, accumulate a tremendous amount of power to achieve its goals. To equalize society, you need to, uh, you know, paradoxically, assume power. So you become unequal. The socialists become the elite. Okay. Um, so when Jesus gives to the poor... And the apostles help him. And when Christians help the poor, it's not something that they do through force. 
And in fact, if it were done through force, it loses all its merit. It's not something that's morally valuable. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we read that he who does not work should not eat. So, so God wants people to have a job and to develop their talents. Okay? And people can't work for free. They need to be compensated. And some compensation can be good. So if someone creates a great product, you know, why is it wrong for them to be compensated accordingly? And it's a, it's a good incentive to get people to innovate and, and to invent new things. And if everyone has the same basic level of income and they can't um, ever move up in society, what's going to motivate them to become a, a doctor or to invent a new item of technology? So if everyone has a UBI, universal basic income, um, people who don't even work get paid. Um, that's uh, a, a morally corrupt society, which is allowing people to not develop their talents, which is also part of the gospel. We need to develop the talents God has given us. Uh, and also that we need to work and we need to um, produce things for other people. And a UBI or uh, government healthcare, free healthcare or free college, um, you get these these benefits, these privileges just for free, um, it discourages enterprise and work and self-development and because, um, you know, the person who does no work can still get into college, whereas the person who has worked hard, uh, you know, they have the same benefits as people who have been lazy. And again, with government health care, are these politicians just being compassionate? Are they are they trying to help us? Is that their only motivation? You have to be somewhat more uh, sophisticated. Don't be so naive that you know these people have us have many selfish motives, and um, government-run healthcare will allow them to have tremendous amounts of control. Uh, it'll solidify their power dramatically. And uh, they now get to run our healthcare, and so they'll constantly ask for uh, funds. They'll constantly need to take more wealth from the people. Uh, there'll be all kinds of corruption and fraud, and um, and because it's our only option, the quality will deteriorate. But we won't have any other. We, can't, we won't be able to opt out of it. We won't be able to say. Hey, I don't want this. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's the only healthcare that's available. Okay, so the quality is going to, is going to de de deteriorate, and uh, again, it it turns into a tyranny. So there's no compassion. All right, it's not like you're compassionate because someone is taking forcibly from your income. It's not like these government leaders are compassionate because they're doing it for themselves. They're doing it to increase their own power. To uh, centralize the wealth in the government and they become elites. They live these lives of uh, lavish luxury. They commit obscene crimes that no one can stop because they control the law enforcement. So they have obscene crimes like you see in uh, Epstein 
they do these obscene things and they protect themselves um, because they control the, the law enforcement and they, they control the flow of money. Okay, so in a socialistic society, um, it's not driven by compassion, it's driven by greed and by, um, by violence. Okay? And if you can't uh, advance and, and through your own labor and uh, accumulate property through your own labor and through uh, exchanges with your fellow citizens, you know, I produce a podcast, I produce philosophy, uh, someone else produces um, food at the grocery store. We're in this healthy exchange and um, we're benefiting each other through developing our talents, but we're not doing it as volunteer work. We're going to be rewarded through uh, fair exchange, fair trade. So um, no one's being forced. Uh, people want to uh, buy a ticket to a sports game to see this great athlete. Uh, they're not being forced to go. Okay, uh, socialism is about force. Uh, if you don't want to, to contribute to this cause, you have no choice. You you must. And um, maybe there are well-intentioned people, but what really happens is this is this is the society gets dissolved. So uh, the Marxist will persuades people that. All the tradition and the order of the pre-existing society is exploitative. It's all a lie told to exploit you, all right? And so what they do is they hate dominion. They hate a social structure. So equality is good, but it needs to be defined properly. Um, We're all equal in the eyes of God. We're all accountable to God. Uh, you know, if we um, if we sin, God will punish us. But we're not equal in the sense that we have the same talents or the same social role. So it's good for society to have a certain structure. Certain people get to make the decisions, and certain people have to follow them. Okay, there's a, a social order is is good. Absolute equality, where everyone has the same basic income. Everyone has the same basic level of power. That's what socialism preaches, and it ends up um, creating, you know, dissolving the social fabric and leading to um, a situation where, again, the elites have all the benefits, and the average person um, just lives a life of uh, waiting in long lines for, you know, rations. And there is appalling levels of crime um, because the elite don't care about the crime. They just let it continue. All right, so um, we have people who want to create chaos. Uh, We have people who are in positions of power, like these radical district attorneys that were funded by George Soros. And they want to increase the crime. They want to turn up the heat on the population so that we will become ag- agitated and we will fight for socialism. We will fight for a reinvention of uh, our system to give more power over to government in the hopes that they will make things more equal and redistribute wealth. But what happens is that um, they become repressive. So they will seize power 
and um, people start saying that it's not working, then they they shut down on free speech, they shut down on civil liberties, they take away guns, and it becomes um, hopeless. You just become, um, uh, you know, you, you just live day by day with what little comfort you can find. Um, and of course, you don't become totally um, in, a, in a state of despair. You still can still have um, a prayer life and love your family um, but you're under constant surveillance and, um, uh, you know, you can't um, do the things that make us happy as human beings. Um, so these socialists that uh, confiscate uh, companies, they say we're going we're gonna to collectivize and appropriate certain companies. Um, and in the name of social justice, what they're really doing is showing their own greed. Um, and people say, this is not working. Um, the economy is dying because, you know, if if it's harder and harder to produce, because, you know, if you produce something, the government will just take it. This depresses and demoralizes the people and um, there's just less money to go around, All right? So if you have universal health care, that's going to take wealth out of the economy and it'll be harder to get a job. It'll be harder to start your own company. People will become demoralized. Okay, so to take the gospel and apply it to a political message is to have this uh, more naturalistic or secular viewpoint um, where there, the goal is not heaven but a, a heaven on earth a utopia on earth where um, everyone is happy and content and there's no uh, inequality inequality is not per se bad okay so um, the fact that someone has more money than someone else why is that necessarily bad yeah, the fact that someone has, has leadership and someone else does not. Um, may, what what this priest is saying is that, that some social structure is good. It's from God. You should respect it. Um, so there's a story of an exorcism where someone was possessed by the devil. Uh, it was a young man. And the devil uh, said that the priests were working with this guy and, and there would be this demonic voice saying... There's one word that's going to get me out, but I won't tell it to you. The priest found out that the word that would get the devil out was dominus, which is Latin for Lord. Right. So the idea is that there's a structure in reality. There's a structure in human society where certain people have leadership. Okay, there's certain people who just have more intellect or more uh, charisma and drive, and their gift is leadership. And they should be respected not taken down in this Marxist um, thirst for uh, destruction. That's what Marxism does. It tells you to break down the, the, the social structure because it's all exploitative and make everyone equal. To achieve this, you need to give power to the revolutionaries. And what they do is they seize power and they consolidate it. And before you know it, 
the economy is hemorrhaging. They don't know how to run the companies that they seize. They don't know how to run oil companies. They don't know how to run the engineering companies. Electricity, they don't have no idea how to do it. Society starts to become chaotic. Except for them, they have their security and they have their wealth, which they've stolen, and everyone else has to kind of um, crawl along the ground, uh, as it were, uh, begging for their handouts, waiting in line for gasoline for hours and hours because the government is the sole distributor. Uh, the government uh, has to give you permission for everything and you get your basic needs from the government. Whereas if you have private companies, uh, you get things a lot quicker. Okay, so um, because a company has an incentive to do a good job. They're not going to get customers if they don't do a good job. So again, um, encouraging people through these through wealth to use their talents. Okay, whereas people aren't going to use their talents if the government is constantly hovering over you uh, and uh, obstructing you in what you do, taking your wealth, um, imposing these regulations, um, claiming that they know better, claiming this mantle of superiority. All right, so Christianity, socialism are not compatible. Socialism is kind of modernism, denies supernatural elements that are crucial to the Christian faith. And Pope Francis really needs to uh, repent and change the way he thinks because um, he is, uh, he's, he's, his attraction to socialism is disturbing, to say the least. All right, thank you for listening to CultureCast and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, take care.